Okay, so first question that we're going to try and tackle here is struggling to understand who my early adopters are. And I'm going to relate it a bit, if I can, maybe to Laura's question around who do I start with, the problem and this idea of trying to tackle homelessness or the solution and matching uh, volunteers to charities. And I think, and then there's, uh, yeah, might be able to touch on uh, Shivansh's question around approaching the market. So, early adopters. Early adopters are the way we think about those. They're the people who get your story from the beginning. These are the people who really understand, the, they have a really clear need for what you're trying to offer. Uh, it's something they're trying to struggle with at the moment and it's, it's really getting in their way. And you have easy access to them, whether they are within your uh, geographical area or they understand um, your mission very clearly and, and they're very aligned in that way. Um, so in terms of you know, geographical area, the, you, you, you can get access to them face to face and you can talk to them. So like with, with the candle thing, if you can go to people who, whether it's restaurants, and I'm going to make a guess here, Shivansh, but people who use a lot of candles, wedding planners, restaurants, uh, venues, churches, I'm just sure if they are in your area and you can approach them quickly, then you can count them potentially as early adopters. Or if they're thinking in the same way. So for instance, if you have charities or organizations who are already tackling homelessness, you know, those are the people who are really, who are struggling trying to get help maybe to, for volunteers or trying to even like build up the charity in terms of the infrastructure. Those are the people who are, uh, who, who get the, this need to, to do this work, but are having a problem. Then they are, they are early adopters. And particularly if they're, and then you're thinking about the type of sizes of charities that you want to work with and how much of a relationship you have with them. Maybe they have a particular uh, area around homelessness they're trying to tackle. And this is why, and I think I want to go back to Doyen's question. It's like, this is why the purpose, vision, story, and values are really important. Because what they're going to do is going to really focus you down at this early stage on who you want to talk to first. Because you're going to communicate your story. This is, and this all of it is comes down to really story. You're going to commu your, communicate your story in a way that's A, going to engage the right people because they're going to believe in what it is you're trying to do. And B, it's going to motivate you to move forward because it's, you, you, you created this narrative, this understanding of all the things, all your motivation for doing. And uh, put your hand up if you have a trouble with crafting a story, your own story, your personal brand. Or are you all super influencer YouTuber types who like, yeah, I can talk about myself to the cows come home and I don't care. Yeah. Or most of us, unless we're complete narcissistic egotists, uh, usually have a trouble trying to tell our story. So what I'd like to do is I'm going to share with you um, a very simple formula uh, that hopefully will get you thinking about your story and how you can bring purpose and values and uh, vision together. So uh, there's this interesting guy called Marshall Gantz that I only discovered a few weeks ago. And he is an academic um, who actually helped Barack Obama in his presidential election campaign. And it's about, and uh, one of the framework, the framework that I'm, um, uh, I'm interested in, that sparked my interest, is this idea called public narrative. And it's broken down into three parts. Uh, actually, anyone heard of Marshall Gantz and public narrative? Great. Okay. I'm not, I'm, 
I can sound really clever now. Um, so with Marshall Gantz, there was, he started off with the story of self. And what is story of self? Story of self, the way you can look at it, looking into your past and think of all the events, the challenges, the struggles, the hurt, the pain, the joy. And one of the ways of doing that, you put this kind of timeline. You can do like a big sheet of paper and you do a timeline from where, however far back you want to go. And on that timeline, you just mark out some really key moments, either amazingly positive or amazingly negative, but key moments in your life that mold you, you and change the way you think. And a lot of the time people say, I don't have an interesting story. You know, I'm boring. I, I was born in West London in the suburbs and I went to school and did university. And actually, if you really follow that journey, there are going to be things that really will really stand out. And it'll be really interesting. I find it amazing that you'll find that, wow, of course that happened. And oh my God, that happened. And that's why I'm interested in that. So you'd start breaking that down. And that story of self, and you, you use that as the basis to think about, why am I interested in this particular thing? What is it that drives me? What is it I'm trying to do with this, this idea, this business idea? What motivates me? Is it because I started off from a very humble beginnings and actually my parents, they just worked with just average standard uh, working class people, standard working class people who struggle and I don't want to struggle and I want to be able to give them something better and so I want to build this business and it's very motivated around that and maybe there's a there's a story around the particular um, product you want to do so Shivansh I don't know what it, what it is about candles but I'd love to know what it is about candles it's like lights your fire no pun intended um, but it's it's that looking in that story and crafting that story of self what what got to me got me to where I am now and where is it I'm looking forward to? What is it I'm trying to see in the future? This is just to help you get clear on your story. Because the next step is called story of us. What, how does my story connect to other people's stories? What is it about what I do and where I want to go and what I want to create and the things that motivate me and drive me and the things I'm passionate about and believe in that other people will get on board? So for instance, the story of uh, self for me, one of the stories of self for me, like when Lawrence and I started our web design business, everyone was talking about accounting and legals and business structure and five-year plans and blah, 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 blah. just demotivated us completely. It was a re there was, we had no interest in business at all because of that. Oh, we've got 10 minutes. We're going to have to jump off and come back in in a bit but we'll try and go on as far as we can so there was that ah oh, that's really really annoying and just I, I didn't really inspire me to do business and so if we had something that talked about our own personal stories our ambitions our missions our values things that really brought energy to us and brought us alive i think we would have done we would have gone a lot more we would have worked much better on our businesses and much more clear about the things we want to do and we believe there's loads of people out there who are stuck with the doing and the planning of business and not the, right, what is it that's going to light my fire, that's going to get me going, that's going to make me spend, stay up until midnight looking at a bloody spreadsheet because it's in the service of this vision that I have. So that's the story of us. How many of those people can I gather around me? And that's how we grew the community.
because we were looking at business and growing the business in a different way. And hopefully, Diane, this is going to um, help you with understanding why all of those other segments are on the canvas. So we have story of self, where what got to me got me to this position. What the little story that actually gives some context to what I'm doing. Story of us. Who else resonates with it? How do I communicate my story that everyone says, ah, oh, that's me as well. And finally, this story of now. It's like, why is it important to do it now? And for me, it's like, I always, my vision for work was never just about the money. It was about something that was going to um, feed me mentally and also emotionally, something that's going to get me going every day. And when we, um, when we think about our working lives and the lifespan we have and the things we want to create, you know, time is always shrinking. There's less and less time. We can't get that back. So for me, starting now with that idea, with that plan, because you're gonna, we're going to fail. We're, things are going to fall apart. But if, at least if we start now, we've got more of a runway to make sure it works. And so we've got to do it now. And so for you, again, is that story of now. What is it that's going to compel people to take action? And also story of now isn't just about the time. It's about what can I do right now that's really accessible. So like for me, the story of now, part of it was like, do the Canvas course. Simple, easy. You don't have to think about it. You can do it right now. So with you guys, what is it that people can do right now that aligns with the story of us and the things that they want to achieve? Cool. So that's what about the stories. And then I hope that that actually then starts to give you a bit of clearer ideas to who should I connect with first? Who are the people who really need to do something now around the area that I'm interested in and have the similar kind of values and story that I have? Any questions? There's no such thing as a stupid question, okay? And if anyone does laugh, I'll sh shut them down. <laughs> or we'll laugh with them. <laughs> uh. No, it's really helpful, but it's almost as you're advocating, and maybe I, I didn't get it when you were at Burbank, but starting with a pyramid from the top rather than the bottom? Yes. Okay. Because exactly. <laughs> I'm used to build from the background. And, and you're not the only one. Everyone is, you know, we're taught business-wise, you build from the bottom up. Mm. Okay. I like the idea of a lean startup and then you build upon it. Mm -hmm. Because then, you know, um, mistakes are learned quickly. Yeah. Uh, learnings are, um, learnings are, uh, what's the learning from something that is small? Okay? Mm. If, if it's big, then there's a lot of learning and how do you apply this thing? Or, then, you know, maybe one or two learnings and you can then apply those learnings and, you know, hopefully it gets better. Hmm. What kind of startup is all about? You know, kind of a lean, kind of very small. That's specific. So to answer your question, is that what startup is about? To some people, yes. To other people, no. Uh, hmm. What you're talking about very much when you call it lean startup, it is about learning as you go, making small changes and doing small things and that build on each other. Hmm. Uh, and the thing that I'm presenting here with the Happy Startup Canvas is that there's so many small things you can do. There's so many directions you can go. 
So how do you create those constraints? And for me, the simple thing, the constraint is your story. Who is it? Why are you interested in this? Other than forget the money. Why is it that makes you passionate about this business? Because then that starts to narrow down the feel as to what can I start off with and what can I do first to move this idea forward? Cool. Good. There is a trap in, 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 in starting something new is that you over-design it. You can spend a lot of time tweaking it and improving it and, and making it better, but you'll never know if it really works until you meet a real audience. So I would say that, that uh, the sooner you can get out in the market, right? The, the sooner you can get out and have people try this under real conditions, uh, the, the more you learn. Um, with, of course, with the risk that, that you're not quite ready, and that is a risk, but there's also the opposite risk is that you spend too long improving and tweaking and perfecting and doing it based on like your test audience or, or your own uh, ideas and, and feelings instead of real input from real uh, users or customers. I have, a f I have a feeling that you can't be happy, that one cannot truly be happy until the ambition is, is relaxed fully. Uh, what is an ambition but a wish for things to be other than what they are? We're fated to want and to desire. But all we can do is, is to be okay with that weird paradox and start laughing about it. And I think that is why the greatest art is comedy in a way, because, because it, it, it laughs at our condition.